All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, we're actually going to talk about an old story that I feel like does not get as much love as it should, or at least not as much love, I feel like, in the modern day. And I'm talking about Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt. Story was done, I believe, if I recall, I think it was, was 82? I, I feel like it was pretty early. I know it was in the 80s, I, while I'm doing this, I, I should really just look it up. Uh, but it was, to me, it was a, just a phenomenal story. Yep, alright, so it was originally published in 1987. There you go. And the writers on it, so before I kind of go into like details about it, writers on it were J.M. J.M. DeMatteis, anchor was Bob McCloyd. And it definitely, it was a story that started in Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, and went over three different, you know, books, which was Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing, I think I think they had web at the time. And it was a story that very much was different than than most. Because at this time, you know, they they were trying to do you know how do I want to put this other than to say they were trying to go more adult with Spider Man. You know, he finally got Peter Parker finally got married and he had recently lost the Venom costume or the symbiote suit and he was still using the black and white costume he had recently gotten from black hat because that was just how everyone identified him that that was the costume he was he was wearing he had changed it up he didn't want to go back to the old red and blue and it made a very interesting impact on the character of peter parker as a whole so let's just get into the story so the story starts off with you have Craven the Hunter. And you see him kind of doing this weird ritual that's going on. He's talking about the spider, the spider, and him just overcoming Spider, the spider, pretty much which is Spider-Man. And him talking about his life, his mother, his father, them having to leave Russia, them losing the royalty status they had. And them, you know, coming to America and not having it, his mom being depressed. And just him very much going over his own life and why it is this way. And he puts it, but to him, he's also putting that blame onto Spider-Man. A foe who has bested him multiple times. Somebody who has, in all intents and purposes... Defeated him more times than he can count and has embarrassed him. And it irritates Craven. And Craven to himself starts thinking, you know, I I need to be better than myself. I need to become the spider. I need to become Spider-Man. And he goes through this crazy psychological, you know, just mental transformation. You know, he's eating spiders, he's, 
you know, fighting animals. He's doing so much in regards to, you know, changing himself from being Craven the Hunter to being the Spider, is what he refers to himself as. And he's going through and it's he's mentally changing himself. Because he believes by him becoming the Spider, he can truly prove to be the better Spider-Man. He can truly prove that the legacy of Craven the Hunter or his family is not one of, you know, peasants of now pe royalty that goes from royalty to peasants. That he can change that in himself, and he decides that his game plan is to hunt Spider-Man. He he gets himself pretty much a the like a cloth replica of Spider-Man's current new, current suit, which essentially is just the black and white costume, the semi, the black symbiote suit, or pretty much his Venom costume, whichever way you want to put it that way. And he begins his hunt. He's had his people, you know, while it's going on, you know, digging a hole and setting stuff up. And while this is going on, Peter... He's doing his thing. He's web swinging. He's trying to, you know, get himself to sleep. He's he's been just married. He finally married Mary Jane. You know, he's finally becoming an adult. And when he finally goes to sleep, because he's just exhausted, he's having the dreams. He, on the other side, is having dreams of him being attacked. His body, you know, being, you know, as the spider being attacked by something he cannot control. And it scares him and makes him groggy and he, he goes out web swinging. You know, he inadvertently decides that, you know what, I, I can't sleep. I just need to go. I need to go out. And he goes out. And he's still a little groggy. Spider sense is a little not as quick as it could be. Because he's more on the exhausted side. But it's still there. And while Peter Parker's out, or Spider-Man's out web-swinging, you know, he gets caught in a net. And Peter's a little more exhausted. You know, he does no, and then he gets pretty much shot with a tranquilizer, or a, pretty much hit with some, I guess I should say, hit with a tranquilizer to really kind of slow him down. And then Craven walks up with a gun, and it's like, it's now, it's you, you deserve to die, is his thought. And he will become the spider. And Peter, you know, he's trying to do his best. Actually, no, it wasn't a tranquilizer, if I recall. Spider-Man, Peter was also getting the flu at the time. The best way I want to put it. I, for a reason, I was thinking it was a tranquilizer at first. I can't remember. But... He gets hit, with, but he's had the flu, so of course his body's, you know, under the weather. Normally he can deal with most, but, you know, he's down. And Craven catches him in the net. And Peter, of course, being who he is, he he's trying to get out of it, but it's he's a little weaker than he should be. Craven, of course, takes advantage of that and is like, it's time you die. Points a gun at him. Peter... He doesn't know, and he's, he's just having flashbacks of his own life. Wondering, you know, 
how can I get out of this? You know, where did I go wrong? You know, should I, I should rekindle my relationship with, with Aunt May, because at this point Aunt May is not happy with him. I need, you know, I, I should be back with my wife laying in bed. He's going through all this, and then he gets shot. And then all of a sudden, you, it pans back to Craven just standing over, pretty much being, he is now the spider. And that's the end of issue one. Issue two starts up with Spider-Man being buried. You know, he is he's dead. And Craven, for him, he decides it's his time. He he truly knows it's his time to become the spider, to show himself to be his superior. And so, of course, Craven starts going out. He, he starts fighting crime. You know, Mary Jane, of course, is worried because she, she hasn't seen Peter. Peter was supposed to be at her house to help her, you know, move her last bit of stuff from her old apartment to Peter's apartment. And for them to finally have all their stuff together to live together. And it's, Peter's not there. And it feels odd to her, like there's a part of her that is detached and she's worried he's dead she's worried something's going wrong and it's very much scaring her she hasn't seen peter and it's very much just time is flying by now during this this is like a two-week kind of Stent for the news. So Craven, of course, he is, you know, battling crime. He's taking out criminals and, you know, snapping necks, doing stuff that Spider-Man normally is does not do. He's showing that his Spider-Man is superior and that when he goes out to fight the criminals, he makes sure they don't come back. You now he's breaking up just all sorts of different things. Now, during that, you have a woman walking down the street, and she's talking to herself, you know, she, she's upset that a cab won't pick her up, that, you know, it's she's got like three more, I think it's like eight more blocks to walk, and all of a sudden, as she's going, walking across, she gets grabbed from the sewer, and pulled down, and... You don't know what it is that pulled her. So there's another creature out there. Then it pans to, as Mary Jane's kind of figuring stuff out for herself, you know, it pans to her pretty much going back over to Peter's apartment. Because, again, like I said, this is over a two-week span of all these events happening. Peter, of course, or Mary Jane course gets run up on by two guys who are just you know they're they're trying to hit on hit on her they're they're saying derogatory things they shouldn't say to her and she's like yeah no that just just screw off I'm, I'm not in the mood for this you guys are not my type and just keeps going these guys they get mad they try to go confront her and when they do you know they they try to corner her. out of nowhere craven the spider shows up he handles them without mercy. 
And at first, it, it gives Mary Jane excitement, knowing that, you know, Craven or that Spider-Man's there to protect her, that Peter's there. But Mary Jane watches as the battle goes on. She sees the difference. And she sees that Craven has... That's not Peter. That's somebody else. She doesn't know who it is, but she knows it's not Peter. And he he takes out the criminals without much of a thought. And it it very much just... It makes Mary Jane even more fearful. Pretty much Craven pretty much ends up just leaving. Doesn't say anything. No funny quips. Nothing like that. The guys are just pretty much just roughed up. And he leaves. Mary Jane, of course, she goes back home, and she's she's just distraught because now her worst fears have come true. She, you know, she had all these thoughts that Peter's dead, Peter's gone, and it really, truly, for her, it's it's coming true, and it very much scares her. Meanwhile, that's going on because there's it's three it's. Plot lines that are leading together, in case people are wondering. While that's going on, you have you pan down to the underground. So you finally get to see what this creature that took that lady was. You find out it's a villain called Vermin, who he more or less is just a a mutated human who is now more rat than than man. And he recently had fought Spider-Man and Captain America. And He's a cannibal. You know, he, he's hungry. He's down in the dark. You know, he can control rats to a point. And his idea is that I'm hungry. I need food. And he's crazy. Like, he, he's not the most mentally stable. And unfortunately, it's a problem for him. And people cannot handle it. He has a couple treks upstairs. He has a couple more trips he wants to make up to the above ground runs across a police officer and or two police officers and vermin barely manages to get away after he takes starts just beating up on one but the other one threatens him with a gun and starts shooting at him so of course vermin being who he is he escapes and they start hearing about this mystery killer craven of course hears about this and he he's like this is someone that needs to be beat and he recognizes just who he is he recognizes and hears the name vermin he's like someone that not even spider-man could beat alone so of course craven goes hunting he does what he does best he starts hunting vermin and he goes after vermin and he takes it to him you know him and vermin have it out for a little bit but Craven proves to be the superior fighter. The, he's the superior warrior. He knows how to hunt. He knows how to beat, you know, most opponents. The one thing that, you know, Spider-Man doesn't, that Spider-Man could do better or well against him is Spider-Man's able to pivot and overcome, you know, Craven. Craven, he, he's obsessed with the hunt. And Vermin, of course, is to him just an animal. So, of course, Vermin just gets beat down. He gets reminded that he's been beat by 
the Spider, that Craven beat someone that not even Peter Parker or Spider-Man could beat. Now, this is the end of the two weeks. All of a sudden, you start to seeing images of... Start, you're in Peter's head. You start getting images. You don't know where he's at, if he's alive or dead. And you just see him kind of trying to understand, is he the spider? Is he Spider-Man? Is he the spider? Is he the man? What is he? He's going through Uncle... Thinking about Uncle Ben. He's thinking about Ned Leeds, who was a hobgoblin, who was a friend of his that recently died. You know, he's going through all these different scenarios and thoughts in his own head. And he's he's having to run away. He's trying to overcome the problems that are happening to him. And he's trying he's he's worried he's dead. He's like, I'm not dead, I'm, but but I'm dead. You know, I I need to reconcile with Mary Jane. I need to reconcile with Aunt May. I need to see my wife, Mary Jane. You know, he, he's doing so much, but he feels like he's dead. All of a sudden, he wakes up, and he bursts out of the grave that he was put in by Craven and his crew. And Peter's pissed. He finds out that he's been underground, that he's been seemingly comatose for two weeks. That what he got hit with, that his body was hit with a drug that Craven pretty much developed that would make you put to you or put you in a state of pretty much seamless death. Where to, even though you're in a, you're pretty much just in a coma, your body's not moving, you look like you're dead, and it, it's enraged Peter. You know, he's gone through and he's had to overcome his, you know, what is he? And he's had to regain what he is. He is the spider. He is Spider-Man. That's what he is. And of course, the first thing Peter does, after seeing like a newspaper clipping, he, he swings back to Mary Jane. Him and Mary Jane, you know, they, they talk for a little bit. You know, she's, she's relieved that he's alive. He... He talks to her and she he's like, I, I can't believe it was Craven. He he took away two weeks of my life from you. And Mary Jane's trying to console him, trying to you know really ease his mind. But Peter, in a lot of ways, he knows he can't sleep or rest. He knows he has to go after Craven. He knows Craven's not gonna stop. Meanwhile, Craven knows Peter's up. He knew it would take about two weeks for him to be up and running. He knew he wasn't going to be fully done with Spider-Man until he could face him man-to-man. -man. He knew that was eventually would happen. He knew he couldn't just outright kill him because that would defeat the purpose of the hunt. That would defeat the purpose of what Craven wanted to send the message he wanted to send to Peter. And so, of course, you know, Peter tells Mary Jane, he's like, I have to go. There, there's, I, I just have to. And she, she fights for him to stay. But he's like, no, I, I have to go. And eventually he just, he leaves. Because it's, he knows it's what he should do. Peter ends up going to Craven's 
pretty much hideout or his townhome or his Manhattan loft, whatever you want to call it. And he goes to fight Craven. He's not in the best of states. He's actually very weak because the drug really took it out of him. And it's very much, you know, it's, he's, he's nowhere near the top performance he should be. He just crawled out of a grave. He just woke up out of a two-week coma, being drugged. You know, he's, he's angry and he wants to beat the crap out of Craven. That's his game plan here. And so he does. He goes after Craven, punches him in the face, and Craven just, just laughs. He's like, I've already beaten you. I proved I was better than you. And he's like, and I'll show you. And Peter is kind of thrown off by this. And Peter, of course, being who he is, he's, he's kind of intrigued. Because Craven's not trying to fight back. And Peter's recognizing it. Is recognizing he's becoming, he's becoming what he never wanted to become. He's becoming more the villain. Craven did stuff to him, yes, but Craven's now not being the, not reacting to Peter. He's just playing a victim at this point. Even though he is a skillful victim, he's playing a victim to get in Peter's head. To keep the game going of knowing that he, he proved to be a superior Spider-Man. That he inadvertently outdid Peter Parker. So, of course, Peter being who he is, he, you know, he follows Craven down. That's where you find out after Craven had fought Vermin, he beat him down bad and caged him up. And that he is now convinced Vermin that in order to get his freedom, he has to beat the spider, the one that beat him. And Peter's like, oh no. And Vermin, of course, he, he's hyped up because he doesn't know the difference between Craven and Peter, or Craven playing Spider-Man and Peter Parker being Spider-Man. So, of course, Craven's playing on that. It's like, you beat Spider-Man, you truly become the... You truly become the better of the two. You get vengeance upon the one that bested you. And Peter's like, no. I was not the one. It was Craven. Him. Craven. He did this. And Vermin's like not hearing it because he's in an animalistic state. He just wants vengeance on whoever messed him up in that Spider-Man costume. So he, of course, just, he's finally let out. And he goes after Peter with a vengeance. And he makes it very tough for Peter. You know, Peter's, you know, not trying to fight him seriously, but he's being forced to fight him seriously. And, I mean, there, Peter's hitting with everything he has, but Peter's nowhere near the strength level he needs to be to fight Vermin. Because it took him and Captain America to beat Vermin the first time they fought. Now he's got to do it with, you know, when he had the flu, he's been drugged, he's, he's gone through so much. And as the battle between Spider-Man and Vermin goes on, Craven, his mindset flips in certain ways. He recognizes that for him, and this, this was my interpretation of the story, 
people can always kind of have different ones. But my my thought was his mindset changing the fact is he doesn't have much left to give Spider-Man. You know, he proved he was Spider-Man's better and that Spider-Man needs to be better. But as the fight goes on, you know, Spider-Man does get a little overpowered and Craven takes out a whip and nah, and whips Vermin away and tells Vermin, run, just go away. You do not get to kill the spider. You need to go. And so, of course, Vermin runs off. Peter's kind of thrown off by this because he's like, well, why are you helping me? Because clearly, normally, that's not what you're going to do. And pretty much Craven, he's changed his heart. He's like, I, I'm no longer going to hunt again. Like, it's not in me. I have no more reason to hunt. And Peter's kind of thrown off. And Peter, he, he gets helped up by Craven. And he's like, okay. Well, I still have to go stop Vermin. And Craven's like, no, you don't. He's like, you don't have to do anything. You're, you're realistically, you know, you should just let him go. He's an animal, just let him be. And Peter's like, I can't. You know, he is, he's an animal. He's not in the right state of mind. He is inadvertently going to want to hurt more people than help. And he has to be stopped because you did this to him. And Craven hears that and goes, okay. And he, Peter tells him, you know, I, I, I don't believe you in this, you saying this is your last hunt, that, the, that this will be the last time we ever battle. So I'm going to come, when I come back, I'm finishing this fight with you. And Craven goes, no, you won't. And Peter goes out. And Craven reflects on his life. And he finally actually comes to peace with what he's done. And he recognizes that him becoming the spider did not change him. He wanted to become the spider because he thought it would bring him, at least in my interpretation of the ending, of kind of like what made Craven change his thought process was that he had nothing left to gain from it that he had that he had he did what he set out to do he beat spider-man he proved to be his better he didn't need the spider the spider-man's name to be considered better and craven thinks about his mother his father and realizes he has nothing left to give to this world. And takes out the gun he had and, you know, calls and points at himself and does what he does and commits suicide. And all, pretty much, and that's the end of Craven the Hunter. All while that's going on, you have Peter who, who's going after Vermin. And. You know, he's single-mindedly going after Vermin. He's just thinking to himself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Like, I, I should just be back home in bed. Like, why am I doing this? And, but then he also thought is, I cannot let Vermin just stay where he's at. He, 
he's too much, he's been victimized, he's also, he's become more animalistic, he's, he's more of a threat than anything else, and he has to stop him. And they run across each other, Vermin sends off his, his rats at him, and Spider-Man goes through him and he starts yelling, he's like, Vermin, get out here, Vermin, come here, stop sending just your rats, face me like a man, and Peter, of course, he's still crawling around. Vermin finally lunges and attacks. And they're going at each other. And, I mean, Vermin's slashing and clawing at him <clears throat> every which way he can. And Peter manages to get away. After him and Vermin go underwater. And Vermin loses him. Vermin doesn't know where he is. And Spider-Man, you can tell Peter Parker is back in the game. He starts thinking, if longer I keep him down here, the more it's his to his advantage. You know, he recognizes that Vermin has two sides to him. He still has a human side. But it's his animalistic side right now that's, that's the full under control. He knows from a previous battle that if Vermin's kind of out in the daylight, Vermin, his mental state will kind of change. Because he still sees that, you know, Vermin doesn't really want to fight him. He looks at, pretty he's still the victim of an assault from Spider-Man. So, of course, he's still, he's just defending himself. And Peter recognizes that. So, Peter, of course, you know, gets in Vermin's head and makes him chase him. Makes Vermin chase after him going to the above ground. And the above ground is just too much. There's daylight, too many sounds. Vermin's trying to get away. And he's, and he's just overwhelmed. And Spider-Man manages to, to beat him and, tang, and web him up. And they have where Vermin gets arrested. And they send him off to pretty much Reed Richards to kind of get this the rat slash human form downgrades where he's a human again. Because Vermin's not really a true villain. He's a victim. He's a victim of circumstances. And Peter, of course, to himself, validates that you know he is still the true Spider-Man, that he did the right thing by Vermin. You know, even as angry as he was at Craven, he understood that Craven played a game, the game that he always plays. And that even though he, he tarnished part of Spider-Man's name, Craven would never be Spider-Man. He was always going to be the secondary. So, of course, Peter swings back. During that time, you know, police were called and they came to investigate and they found out that Craven left a messages. He proved that he was the one being, for those two weeks, being the violent Spider-Man killing people, doing these things, that this way the crimes could be pinned on him. He left a costume, he did all that stuff. This way, it would be just solid that whoever is in the Spider-Man costume now is not Craven. That Craven was the one that caused these problems and exonerated Spider-Man. Because at the end of the day, Craven the Hunter is a lot of things. But if he's not an honorable man, he doesn't know what else to live by 
And that was one of the things he that changed his, his thought processes. He did all these things to Peter. He did all that. And it didn't bring him any more honor than it did before. He had to come to terms with the issues he personally had in order for him to become a better person. For him to finally accept that, you know, Craven and his lineage that he came from, you know, they, they have nothing left to give. And Peter sees that, sees the police there, sees everything that's going on, and he swings back to go see Mary Jane. And that's how the story ends. It's a great story to sit down and read. I definitely suggest checking out Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt. Now, if you're somebody who's like, oh, well, I, I, I could find the time to read, but I would, like you like to work out, you like to do, you know, you like to work out, you like to go for runs, anything like that, or you just want to listen to something while you're on the go, they actually do have Craven's Last Hunt in audiobook form. You can get it on any audio book format you want. You can find it or whatever. Or if you want to get it on CD because you want because you want to listen to it. Because I have some people I know that still do CDs and they want to listen to it. They they do a great job of doing that story and they do add more to it with the audiobook. But with the regular book it definitely you get the full story of what you want compared to the audiobook, which kind of just adds in a little couple things here and there. But there's a couple different ways to listen to it or read it, whichever way you want to go to. I've done both. Preferably, I like the book a little better just because just the artwork alone in this book and Craven's Last Hunt is just fantastic. And just seeing what they did. With the character of Craven giving a redemption, showing that he he truly was the better Spider-Man, but at the end of the day, he could never feel validated knowing he was Spider-Man. He had to find validation in himself, and it was a story that I feel like is at the end of the day just a great Spider-Man story. Is it? It's not one that, to me, I feel like you can go in and be like, hey, read this. This is your definitive Spider-Man story. It's a story that you want to read because you're like, I know Spider-Man's been married. I know he's had Mary Jane. And it's a story that I think, to me, encapsulates an older Peter Parker who is battling Craven and gets shown up. And it's just it's just a great story at the end of the day. I personally I'm gonna give it a 9.5 out of 10. I think if you have not read it, give it a shot. Whether it's an audiobook form or in perhaps comic book form, wherever way you want to go with it. It is honestly just a solid story and you'll enjoy yourself. So, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. I know this was a long one, but I mean, there, there was a lot to go through. And as you guys could tell, it was not, I mean, it's a six-issue story, but there's a lot that came into it. And a lot that, ultimately, J.M.D. Mateus 
really told for the story. It's the story he'll always get remembered by. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. As always, you guys can find me on Anchor or any other, you know, podcast, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. As you can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nerd Stuff with the N, uh, Nerd Stuff with the N 2.0. You guys can also find me on Comics Amino, and you guys can always email me at nerdstuffwiththen at gmail.com. So that being said, thank you guys for listening, and have a great day. Later.